0: Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Everyday, and on Instagram at Kristen Esser. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 27. Happy May! As I'm recording this, this is May 1st, which is very exciting and i have my cup of tea here let me tell you about it today i am still drinking the plum deluxe tea that i talked about last week and uh, this is called the kitchen table blend black tea and again i have to read the description a great tea for great tea time conversations it's got black tea green tea lemongrass rose petals jasmine flowers lemon lime orange grapefruit essences and as always, love and gratitude. Totally love it. It's very fresh. I can really taste that lemongrass, um, which is, again, I do enjoy like a straight black tea a lot of the time. And so this really mixes it up. Also, I've been kind of realizing that um, the amount of black tea that I'm drinking is starting to kind of bother my stomach. So I kind of like to mix it up with some green tea and some things that are not just so. I don't know, having so many tannins to irritate my stomach. So I'm really enjoying the Kitchen Table Blend Black Tea. I will put a link in the show notes. So I am just, as I keep saying this time of year, enjoying spring. For those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, um, I'm sure that you are probably enjoying that transition into fall. I mean, aren't these the parts that we really like? We're coming out of winter or we're coming out of summer. And it's just like such a relief to have a change in the weather. So last weekend we, um, put the garden in. It's a pretty, um, unambitious garden this year. Uh, we've just got some tomatoes, some jalapeno peppers, which my husband slices up and, um, and doesn't even necessarily always slice them, but he pickles them. So we always have jalapenos year round. We love jalapenos. We put them in quesadillas and on nachos and in grilled cheese sandwiches and on eggs. Love, love canning. Um, the, the jalapenos. Well, he does. I just kind of support. I'm supportive about it. <laughs> um, we've got a little strawberry patch. I'm unsure. It's from last year. I'm unsure if we're going to get anything decent. We just kind of get some pretty sad strawberries. So I'm not sure that's worth the real estate that is taking up. We have what's kind of a square foot garden, if you've ever um, heard of that gardening method. So each of our we have our, our garden separated into these four foot by four foot areas with little paths around them now if i was really good i would further separate those into little square foot uh things and i used to do that but i kind of don't now but it is a nice um it's just like a nice little area that's easy to reach so one of them has tomatoes with some marigolds in there because that kind of helps with the bugs and then the other one has um jalapenos and the other one has strawberries and then we've got this area along the back wall that has blackberries Um, and we replanted those last year we used to have the most phenomenal this this i don't know 12 or 15 foot of wall was just covered with one blackberry bush (laughs) last year we replanted with three and they and they got a little smothered out by the flowers Um, but they're kind of rebounding now so i'll be so happy when that whole wall is again covered with blackberries because i have so many awesome memories and and very cool pictures of my little kids standing in there with just blackberry juice just dripping down their their little faces. So, so yeah, that's kind of it. I do want to fill in with some flowers. Last year I planted a lot of zinnias in the garden and they were so pretty. Um, I also did sunflowers and I don't think I'm gonna do those this year. But that was really that was really fun. So that's kind of it. So I wasn't really feeling well last weekend, but I I did um, go kind of help pick out these plants and uh, just at Home Depot and we also picked up my favorite they're called um, drop and bloom color bowls for the lazy gardener Um, there is an art putting together a really nice color bowl of flowers you know what i'm talking about there's kind of something tall in the middle and there's you know there's usually something drapey over the side and there's three or four different you know kind of um, flowers planted in a pot and it's just i've done many of them on my own by buying all the individual flowers but you can't beat the ones that the pros do And so for about $15, I bought two of these and they just, they're beautiful, but they're in kind of just an ugly plastic container and you just come home and you just drop them right into like a 12 inch terracotta pot, which is what I have on my front doorstep. And so my husband said, well, I'll plant, I'll plant the the garden. I'm like, okay, I'll take care of the the front porch and blop, blop, and I'm done. (laughs) So, um, and they, every time I walk up the front door, I'm just like, oh, those flowers on the porch make me so, so happy. Thanks to Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, and notions. And did you know that they now carry cross-stitch supplies? They're always coming up with exciting new exclusives, clubs, and quilt-along programs join Fat Quarter Shop for the 12th Annual Designer Mystery Block of the Month Club. The club features the collection Orchard by April Rosenthal and begins in June, and there are still spots available. Fat Quarter Shop carries all major brands such as Moda, Riley Blake, Windham, Robert Kaufman, and Art Gallery Fabrics with the largest selection of Fat Quarter Bundles. Whatever fabric, pattern, or notion you're looking for, chances are they have it. Visit them at fatquartershop.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. All right, let's talk some quilting. I just took a good sip of my delicious tea here. Um, I think I talked last time, I know I talked last time about the Irish chain quilt that I finished um, using Loyal Heights fabric by Quilting in the Rain, and that is actually out right now for long arm quilting, which is quite a treat for me. I will talk more about that next podcast after I get it back, but I'm excited to tell you about that. But I'm doing an all over edge to edge design, and I'm very excited about it. I've already stitched up the scrappy binding, and so it's ready to go. I do have kind of a funny story about the quilt back. I think last time I talked about how I am very challenged sometimes with quilt math, and so I end up with pieced backs, which I end up loving. I just don't really want to do a pieced back when I get to that part in the process of quilt making. But um, I bought plenty of fabric, even a little bit extra, because I wasn't sure about the scrap situation when I did the binding. So I bought a little extra fabric from Fat Quarter Shop um, for the back of this, this uh, quilt. I bought this beautiful blue twill print. And so I'm about ready to just do that one seam horizontally in the on the quilt back so that I can package this up and send it to the long armor when... Um, I mean, I am like... I've got... I've got the, the rotary cutter in hand. I'm about to make this cut because the way I do it is I, uh, just like, it's just, just, just say that I had, um, three and a half yards of fabric. I would just cut that in half so that I have, let's, (laughs) because I can't do math. Let's say I have four yards of fabric, which is actually what I had and you cut it in half. So I've got two yards, two pieces of two yards of fabric. I sew them, um, so that the, um, so that I will have basically 80 inches tall, one horizontal uh, seam, so that I have width of fabric going um, vertically. Does that make sense? That sounds really complicated, but it's not. It's usually one horizontal seam in the back of the quilt. Well, as I am about, I'm approaching the fabric with the rotary cutter, when I realize, oh my gosh, if I do it this way, these houses that are on the toile are all going to be going sideways. Now, you can argue that there's no right or wrong way to a quilt, but I think of quilts as being oriented, if they're rectangular, you know, vertically, that they're tall, right? And my houses are going to be going sideways, and I was just like, oh no! And if you've ever done a quilt back like this, you know that the reason I do them horizontally, especially because I do um, usually throw size quilts, so that 80 you know, 40 times 2, the width of fabric, is usually plenty of um, height that I need for a, a quilt. It, it saves fabric that way. If you, if you orient it vertically, it takes more fabric. It takes more yardage. Um, especially, I didn't want to do a ton of piecing here because it's, you know, it's got a little picture going on there. Uh, so, um, luckily, I had ordered extra fabric. So, I, I did have 4 yards. So, the quilt was... Um, where was i going to be short obviously there's plenty side to side um the width and i was able to trim that down um but the quilt w- was in its unfinished form 66 and a half inches and i did have 72 inches so i had more than enough but with long arming um you need more fabric because you they you know you the way you hook it up onto the long arm, they just need more space than you do if you are just quilting it on your domestic. So I, in a panic, I emailed um, the long armor and she said these magic words, which were pretty cool. Okay, so the way I figured out, I had about two and a half inches, uh, you know, like the quilt top uh, could be centered about two and a half inches on the top and the bottom. The back would extend two and a half inches on each side, which is too, it's very small for a long armor. Um, and she said, well, I'd like, I mean, she's really, you know, uh, generous here. She said, I, I think she said three to four inches. When I've worked with other ones, sometimes they would say, you know, five or six is would be really nice. But she said three or four inches, but they it doesn't all have to be backing. I was like, oh my gosh, that's true. As long as she can guilt the quilt on top of the backing, it's bigger than the quilt top, then in terms of what needs she needs to hook the clips onto and to load it onto the machine and all that, that's okay. It doesn't have to be back. And so I just got some waste fabric and I stitched an extra four inches on the top and bottom of the quilt to give her something to hang the the clips onto and to hook it onto the machine. And that was like, oh my gosh, it's like saved my bacon so much. So that's off. I think um, it's being long armed today. It's a it's a computer edge to edge design. It's very pretty. I can't wait to show you. Um, so that that. Occupied a bit of time for me. I'm also finishing up some pin cushions that I did for a Fat Quarter Shop um, blog hop that's coming up this month, and it's hilarious because I signed this signed up for this thing. This they're republishing a lot of their old tutorials, and people are making them in new fabrics. And I signed up for this in January. I made them like that day, all the way to the point they are stuffed with walnut shells. And they're clipped. And all I have to do is sew this inch and a half little, um, you know, sew the gap closed at the top of two pincushions. And they have been sitting there for three months. It's crazy. But I need to just sew those up and photograph them for that blog post. And then I'll have two more pincushions, which will be really fun. And so it's just funny how you can procrastinate about the weirdest things. Um... What else is going on? Oh, speaking of procrastination, my friend Holly Ann over at String and Story, she does the summer stash busting series on her, you know, blog and Facebook page. She does a gazillion Facebook lives. She's very good at them. And she's just built quite an awesome community over there. Well, last year she challenged people to really be um, using their stash, like to, to to come up with a project to really use your stash. This year she's challenging people to finish up their whips. So she's got a fun little thing going um, where you can um, either try to finish up four whips or take a project and split it up into four pieces, like within this set it's over eight weeks so over this period of two weeks I want to cut it out and over this two-week period I want to piece it and you know you can just break it up however you want and um, you can just follow along for no charge but you can also there's a registration thing and she's got all kinds of little extras if you do sign up for it um like some quilt labels and stuff like that so I'll put a link in the show notes but you should check it out I was thinking about entering some of my things just to kind of keep me motivated to to keep moving on it so um And what else am I working on? Oh, um, I am working on that um, flying geese table runner and with the Prairie Sisters fabric. I talked about it last time and I've made like uh, 63 by six flying geese. They look really good. And it's funny because um, I laid them out on my design wall which is not actually big enough because I need it to be, it's like 18 by 72 inches. And my original idea was it'd be like just a line of them going one way back, like three rows of them going opposite directions. And I put it up there, and I went, "That is super boring. I don't like that." And so then I moved them so that they were mo- they were going short ways, you know, going so there's six of them going up the 18 inch side. Same thing, up and back and up and back. And I went, "Oh, that's better. That's a little bit more interesting, but it's still boring." And so then I moved every other row down a half a block so that they're off center, which is actually really super nice for not having to match corner points and stuff, you know? And I thought, Oh, okay, I'm getting there. I kind of like this. And this is the kind of the fun thing about the design process is You can just keep playing. That's the beauty of having a design wall. And, um, but I, I wasn't committing here. Cause I'm just like, you know, it's just kind of boring. I feel like I could do better. And I told you last time that I had this idea about doing this, them long ways down a table runner and leaving some spaces and maybe working in some smaller ones, um, like half size flying geese as well to kind of just, you know, make it more interesting. And I just kind of wasn't feeling that. And then I was, um, you know, scrolling through Instagram or something. And my friend Minky, Kim, had posted a that uh, that she has a quilt in a book called Love Flying Geese, and I'm going to reach down here and grab it. It is from Stash Book CNT Publication. Yeah, it's 27 Modern Quilt Projects from Love Patrick and Quilting. I knew I'd seen that. Um, so it's called Love Flying Geese, and the cover quilt on it. I will link to it in the show notes. Is exactly the type of thing that I was thinking of, and in fact, I will say I may have seen this quilt online and liked it. And when I was thinking about this table runner project, I honestly, I think that maybe I thought I came up with this idea of mixing up the um, big flying geese and the small flying geese with a little negative space. I thought that I sort of came up with it, you know, based on like a million other quilts that I've seen over the last 10 years. But I think that I was really inspired by this and didn't realize it is what I'm trying to say, which is such the danger of, you know, copyright these days so I asked her to if I could borrow this book from her and it's funny I was on my walk and I texted her and she like met me at the sidewalk as I walked by her house and handed it to me that's a great service and there's actually a lot of really cute flankies geese quilts in this book but now I'm so I'm, I might take just a section of this quilt and make it you know and use just part of the pattern for the table runner but there's part of me that's like hmm kind of really like this quilt and I really like the fabric I'm working with. Maybe I should just make the whole quilt. So I'm a little undecided. It does not. And I actually have enough of the large flying geese. Those are done. All you have to do is make about 60 small flying geese, um, which I have not gotten started on. But so I'm not going to make a decision yet. I'm just going to make a bunch of small flying geese and maybe, maybe my answer will be, I will lay it out and see, am I happy with this as a table runner? And am I kind of done making flying geese? Um, which could be the case, and um, and just sew that together, and just be okay. I'm done. Uh, so, so that that will be my job for this week is to kind of figure that out. But I do want to mention a couple things because I have made a lot of flying geese lately, and um, the way I'm doing it, I'm making them oversized and I'm going to trim them with a block lock ruler, which is my favorite way. I will unabashedly tell you that I love block lock rulers and I know they're a little expensive, but I think that they are worth the investment. So, um, that's my number one recommendation about making flying geese because the whole quilting process is so much more fun if you have accurate pieces to work from. So that's number one. Number two is I pulled out my Clearly Perfect Angles Cling. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like this, this vinyl thing you can put on your sewing machine bed and it allows you to sew point to point because the way I'm doing the flying geese is I've got a rectangle um, that's like six and three quarters inches and then I've got these two three and three quarter inches squares that go on and I'm just sewing a diagonal line Um, and then I'm going to trim off the extra. Well, that is a lot of flying geese to mark and if they're too big to wing it, I'm not a winger anyways, but you put this little clearly perfect angles cling on it and you can just follow the edge. It's hard to explain, but you follow the edge of your fabric right up this line, which you could probably mark with tape or something if you really wanted to, that's another way to go. Um, but, uh, and you just get a perfect line every time. And I am actually taking the extra step because these are pretty big, is that after I sew that first line, I'm going back and I am stitching another line a half inch away from that towards the corner. And I'm trimming off between those two stitch lines. So I'm getting a ton of bonus half square triangles. So I've done 60, so I've got I've got 120 bonus triangles. So I will have to figure out what I'm gonna do with those. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of, uh, you know, so that's been some kind of fun chain piecing, a little fun design inspiration. And uh, yeah, I'll keep you posted on that. I do have to say that I did a little bit of knitting. What? I have not done that for so long. On Easter, it was a beautiful day. Um, and we it was a very laid back day. When, only one of my kids came home from college and we just, we went to church and we just came home. We made a brunch and then we just had kind of a relaxing day until we actually then also made a, an Easter dinner. And I was looking for something where I could just sit outside and hang with the family. And I pulled out my sock, which is just a straight up vanilla sock pattern. This was some self-striping yarn. I was just part way down the cuff and I just did some mindless, you know, knitting in the round. And it, uh, you know, reminded me that I love making socks. I love knitting. So I'm just about ready to turn the heel on that one. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of fun to, you know, we do these, these crafts and we put them down because we get bored with them and get re-inspired. And, you know, it's just kind of all part of the process. Um, I, I read a quote recently that was said something like, people who start creative projects and never finish them are cooler than people who never start creative projects. And I fully, fully believe that. So let's talk a little bit about books that I've been reading. Uh, This podcast is already getting a little long. I always think I don't have anything to talk about, and then I can really yammer on. So I talked last time about reading the Persian Pickle Club, and then that was a really fun little discussion in the Quilt Fiction Club Facebook group um, where a bunch of people just kind of weighed in over the course of a day um, just kind of chatting about this. So if uh, you're interested at all, go to Facebook, join the, the Quilt Fiction Club, and um, I think they're going to make that a a monthly thing to do a little book club. Um, I came across um, somebody that I follow that loves to do book club kinds of things, and she's just really good at recommending um, books. It's Busy Mama on Instagram, but she also has a uh, she has a more bookish account. She's got two accounts. I think it's called Jane Girl. I'll find it. I'll put it in the show notes. But she's reading the Agatha Christie books in publication order, like starting with, ah, I meant to grab that book. Okay. I'm going to have to put it in the show notes, but it's Murder at the Vicarage or or Death at the Vicarage? One of the two. I can't think of what it's called right now. But I'm reading that. And I started reading Agatha Christie in my 20s. And I've definitely read this book before, though I couldn't tell you who done it. Um, and so I'm really enjoying that. It's super fast, easy reading. I got it from the library. And I don't know if I will read them all in publication order. But sneak in a little Agatha Christie in every once in a while, I think is just like really kind of uh, making my reading life a little bit more enjoyable as I, you know, continue to churn my way through some more, you know, like I'm still reading the uh, Michelle Obama um, autobiography, which I'm totally loving. But yeah, I do love a little murder mystery. And the other thing that I have read and I'm rereading, um, I don't know if you have ever read the Madame Chic books. Okay, so if you've listened to this for any amount of time, you know, I love all thing French, total Francophile. And years ago, um, I read this book by Jennifer Scott called, I think it's called Lessons from Madame Chic. Again, link in the show notes. And she was a foreign exchange student um, in college. She went and lived with a very um, chic French family for a semester. And she just realized how much differently they lived than your standard Americans. They just kind of lived with a little more class. (laughs) You know, and it wasn't so much that things were formal, but it's just, they sort of paid attention to, um, living every day really well. And so I really enjoyed that, that book. Um, and then, I mean, that's, I don't know. I feel like that book came out maybe 15 years ago. Well, she has a YouTube channel called the Daily Connoisseur, which I had seen before, but I sort of recently rediscovered and I'm really enjoying it because again, um, it's just somebody like me who only does it better, who just really enjoys the everyday. She ha- she does what's called a 10-item wardrobe, which sounds a little bit crazy, but you have to go watch the videos. And I'm not doing a 10-item wardrobe, but I am inspired to pare things down. And so she does 10 core items. So that's your pants and and blouses or a dress or a skirt things like that and then you have extras on top of that you have t-shirts and cardigans and scarves and shoes so it doesn't sound as um austere as you might think but you know if if i could just do a 15 item wardrobe which i'm sitting honestly i recorded my closet i'm looking at my closet which looks so much better right now because what i did is so she changes her her 10 item wardrobe up for each season Right And so um, she puts away things like kind of like the way I used to rotate toys when the kids were little. You put them away, and then when you bring them back, you're like, oh my gosh, that's like new. So I put away a lot of my darker clothes and and long sleeves and, and more wintry things so that when I go to my closet in the morning, like basically everything's a good choice. And I don't know if i mentioned this, but I have I've really pared down and with my wardrobe um have I ever talked about this that number 1 i only buy something if i love it if it's not this is my mantra for life if it's not heck yeah then the answer's no this is about everything i buy these days if i don't love it i don't buy it so um but my the colors of my wardrobe are black blue pink and that's kind of it. (laughs) Maybe an olive green. So that's black and grays, you know, anything from navy blue to lighter blues, which I know look really good on me, and then uh, pinks and burgundies, and that is it. So everything I own goes... With each other, I used to go through these things where, you know, Ann Taylor Loft, you know, they have these colors for the season and I would have these oranges and these bright greens because that's what they were selling that year. And I knew they weren't really great, but I didn't know what else to do about it. But I just don't even buy them. I just say no, I will not buy purple. I will not buy any kind of limey green, only like an olive green. Orange is an absolute no. Yellow is an absolute no. And pretty much everything I own, I own very few prints. It's a lot of solids, which sounds boring, but it really works for me. So you might want to check out the Madam Chic um, books. Uh, She did another one called Madam Chic at Home, which is just about really cultivating some good rhythms and routines and appreciation for um, how you live, you know, at home. So totally up my alley and um, check out the Daily Connoisseur um, YouTube channel shows that I'm watching, totally still watching Madam Secretary. If you are not watching that show, just go do that. It is so good. My husband and I are so loving. It's just a great show to watch together. Um, I've talked about the fix before um, on the last maybe two podcasts, uh, so you might want to check that out. So that those episodes are coming out. Still loving that. Um, The one movie that I saw this week that I really liked that I watched while I was sewing was called Under the Greenwood Tree, and it's from like 2005. So again, I'm not exactly on top of these things, but it has the woman. If you have watched the Durrells in Corfu, which is a PBS mini series or the remake of Upstairs, Downstairs. It's the the woman that's in that. And it's just, it was a charming story. It's a BBC, you know, it came up Amazon Prime. It's like, we think you would like this. <laughs> they Amazon, no secret. They know me so well. Um, and it's just a little charming, you know, movie about, um, it's, a, it's based on a Thomas Hardy novel about a woman who comes to a town, um, take care of her father. She's the new school teacher. And basically, Three men in very different circumstances all fall in love with her. The very humble farmer, the very rich landowner, and the vicar. <laughs> like, you know, the whole the whole gamut there and, and just kind of how that all plays out. So it's totally a romance, but I absolutely thought it was delightful. Um, my friend Francis from the Off-Kilter Quilt told me that PBS is running... Uh, Le Miserables. and I have not watched it yet, but I am all about Le Miserables. so I'm totally looking forward to to watching that. So um, I'll keep you posted if I end up enjoying that. But that kind of uh, you know wraps up the the different shows that I've been watching. Let's talk a little bit about homemaking before we wrap this up. I am continuing on my journey to fix one or two nagging things around the house every month. And you know what? I got to tell you, I totally encourage you to do this because I feel like I'm making so much progress. It's just, it's that, it's that those little wins that just kind of make you happy. So um, my husband and I really need to do a real job on cleaning the garage, which we will do. But we just kind of spent one hour and kind of just cleared off the floor. Like it just visually is so much better. So that now that I can go through and I can kind of clean things off a shelf at a time or a section of shelf at a time, and that'll be the project that kind of gets me through the whole summer. And I'm really, even he said, and this is a big thing for my husband to say, we need to Marie Kondo this garage. <laughs> like if, if it does not spark joy, if we do not need it or love it, it needs to go. And so um, I've got everything all together for like... Like this, you know, the upcoming e-waste event in our town, so I can get rid of old laptops and iPads, and and then the the new the, the hazardous waste event they have, where you can bring all the old paint cans and batteries. So those are all like lined up, ready to to go and to just get out of my life. Um, I got the the carpet cleaned, which I do basically twice a year at the end of winter and the end of summer, and that felt really good. Um, Even just little things like my daughter's closet door was not working and um, it wasn't sliding. It was basically off the rails. And I'm just like, I don't even know who to call to fix this. But let me just tell you this little tip. Um, My next door neighbor told me this. I went to homeadvisor.com. This is not sponsored. This is just what I did. Homeadvisor.com. You type in some information about what your project is. And they put you in touch with like local people who could handle that. So basically they put me like within, I don't know, 30 minutes, a handyman called me and came that day and fixed it. It was like so amazing. So that's homeadvisor.com. And my next door neighbor says that they've done a million things with them. And, and now I actually have the the card and phone number of a handyman, which I really needed that was very prompt and kept his, you know, everything was very clean and very trustworthy and, um, you know, charged a reasonable amount and that I'm super excited about that, that just that card. So I'm now the next little project that I have that I don't know who to call about, um, I have somebody to call. So that's pretty fun. And, um, Okay, on, on the other part of homemaking that I just want to kind of wrap up with is <laughs> this. I'm like, again, I'm slightly embarrassed to even tell you this, but from watching the Daily Connoisseur, she has these videos. Um, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, where you basically watch her cleaning, watch her clean her bathroom or whatever. And this is a thing on YouTube. Did you know this? Cleaning videos. It it sounds ridiculous, but it's kind of cool. So, um, I watched her clean her bathroom, which made me get up and go clean my bathroom. But she uses these e cloths. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. I'm not an affiliate. Um, it's if you've if you are been exposed to Norwex, where you just clean with water. There's something about the way these cloths are manufactured that they they trap bacteria. They're, you can just clean with water, and there's very little like almost no transfer of bacteria. You can, you just rinse them out with hot water and use them again. And it does not transfer bacteria. If you look on the website, they've got all the science to explain it. I know it sounds weird, possibly gross. I would never do this to clean a toilet, but they do a fabulous job of countertops and mirrors and just cleaning out the bathtub and the floors and things like that. So I bought a pack for $25. Just, I'm like, I have to try this. And I think I'm a convert. I might have to buy another pack because I kind of like a pack for the kitchen and a pack to do the bathrooms. Um, but you can totally clean with water. So you just go to her YouTube channel and check that out. And so from there, oh my gosh, I kind of got turned on to these cleaning videos. So I've got a few new fun, um, YouTube channels that I like to watch. One is called Faith and Flower. She's a Christian mom, but she does these, these cleaning videos. And she, she also is into the 10 item wardrobe. And so she's very inspirational. And from there, kind of stepped up a notch is this um youtube channel called inspired by nikki where she does these amazing cleaning videos set to music where it almost seems it's and she i think she's a photographer she does it with these this really awesome light the light is beautiful the music's video beautiful and even the way she moves through the room is pretty cool and it just it if you need a little cleaning inspiration, I'm telling you, <laughs> I will link a few of these cleaning videos. I know that it sounds crazy, but so many people you'll see in the comment are like, I cleaned my kitchen while like this was playing or whatever. So um, that's just a little spring cleaning motivation for you. And this wraps up this uh, episode. Oh, I just, I do want to mention that, um, I don't think that there's any new reviews. I would like to apologize if I have, if you've left a review and I haven't thanked you. Um, I'm kind of realizing that the reviews are different if you're on if I I always look at them on my phone. For sometimes I think if you leave it on a computer that those are separate. If you're in a different country, those are separate, and I so I don't always. Um, see them in the way that I checked before the podcast. So um, I apologize. I, I am so thankful. So if you have left a review or a rating, absolutely thank you and keep them coming. Again, it just really helps the podcast grow um, because they, they really come up as people are searching for podcasts. So I'm very thankful if you take the time to do that and uh, just have a wonderful week and we will see you next time.